powered by the National Screen Institute. This is The Hats We Wear, and I'm your host, Emily Palmer. Welcome to this limited podcast series, where you'll hear from some incredible individuals who happen to be the alumni of the National Screen Institute. Throughout the show, we'll talk successes, failures, highs and lows, and the journey of life as guests navigate the creative media industries in Canada and beyond. This show is produced and distributed from Treaty 1 territory. We acknowledge the land that is occupied and their traditional keepers. Anishinaabe, Cree, Dakota, and the Métis. This is The Hats We Wear. Have you ever wondered why musicians create music? What motivates them? Well, music has always been a big part of my life. My older brother has been in a band since he was around 16. So I spent a lot of my childhood attending his concerts and listening to him rehearse in our basement. And I remember my brother's bedroom was scattered with notebooks, scribbled in with lyrics and melodies. And lately it's got me thinking, How do music artists create sounds and develop lyrics? What inspires them to tell a story through an ensemble of notes and selected language? Within this episode, we'll hear from NSI alumna Cheyenne Bruneau, who is a multifaceted creator. We'll take time to lean into her experiences of photography, filmmaking, and listen to her process of writing and producing music as a blues singer. As a trigger warning, this episode contains discussions around domestic violence. Don't take her down to the red, red river. This is Cheyenne Bruno. She also goes by the name Miss Ray from the band, Miss Ray and the Midnight Ramblers. Right after high school, Cheyenne completed film studies at the University of Winnipeg. She was also very interested in taking photographs and of course, singing on the side. I photographed musicians and events for magazines and newspapers, Um, did a few photo shows. And on the side, I was always go singing on the side, singing at the Time Change Time Lonesome Club. So I would go at the open mic jams often. And that was something I did for a long time before I decided to actually become a musician. Photography was an easy way to be creatively expressive and be involved in a community without having to talk to a lot of people. <laughs> I, just kinda, I was just asked to show up and at, but, capture an event and capture the people and what was going on and deliver memories. And I I always thought that was so amazing that you could have give these memories to people encapsulated in a photograph. Uh, So it's, yeah, for me, it was, it was just part of participating in an experience. Not only did photography help Cheyenne slowly break out of her shell, but it also allowed her to participate in other events. 
Um, but when I was a young a university student, I loved music. I always have loved music and I loved attending concerts, but I was, I was broke. So uh, being a photographer was also another way into the show. Um, and it just happened that I got to know a lot of musicians and really enjoyed photographing people and helping those artists, whether it was promotional photos or a feature in a magazine. It was, it was a lot of fun for me. Uh, it was, yeah. So when you mentioned like you were shy and introverted and you love to sing, I noticed that you've used this term when we have spoken and also um, in a couple of articles that you've been featured in is a closeted singer. Um, so can you expand on that? Like why, why use that term? I th- because I think there's often a misconception with artists because I am a very different personality on stage. That's what part of why I use a stage name. I, I tap into another part of myself, um, but it's, it is a different side of who I am. So there's often this misconception that I am that way all the time. I'm this, this sassy blue soul person who's just going off all the time and high drama, but I'm, I'm not, I save that drama for the stage. Um, I started off singing very, it was a very private experience to me. It was always something I, I did alone I, or yeah, I, I didn't often share with a lot of people, uh, especially my own writing. I mean, my family members didn't actually hear my own original music until I had my album release party. <laughs> so it was, I was always a very private person with kind of, I think it was more, not really private, but it's more about when you, something is really close to your heart, you want to, you want to take care of it. You want, it's like making a pot of soup or something, right? You want to simmer it. You want to slowly add all the ingredients. You want it to be a certain a level to your satisfaction before you want to share it with others. And and I think that's where I came from. Uh, and I, I loved singing, but I always felt it was more of a spiritual connection for me. And I think that's a lot of my art is more of a spiritual connection. So it was often it wasn't in my mind that it would be something I would pursue as a profession ever. It was more just something I casually enjoyed doing. And if it helped heal or impact others, that was always just an, a you know, cherry on top. It was, it was a benefit of it. Yeah, no, for sure. And I, and I noticed in the, the Edmonton journal that you were featured in as well, you kind of said that you want your work to heal other people and, and why, like, why with, why lead with that intention? Like what kind of draws you towards, you know, singing for other people um, and writing music for other people? You'll meet many artists. They all kind of carry the specific themes with them throughout their lives. And healing is one of mine, healing and identity are are the themes that I carry throughout my work, whether it's filmmaking, writing, photography, music. Um, and it's for me, it's based, I grew up in a very traumatic environment. There was a lot of trauma in my household and also intergenerational trauma within my family. And there was a lot that a child should not have experienced, but I I didn't see that as a hindrance. I always looked at this is a this is something that happened. And I need to work on healing and growing from it and growing above it and beyond it. So I, I think I've always been a very empathetic person because I know there's so much darkness in our worlds and things that happen behind closed doors that people will never speak about or share with others. But there can be that. I've seen that healing aspect through song. I've, I've seen those people cry or come up to me and have those those private conversations on the side and to me that is more important than any award 
or or any accolade for me that's my measure of success is being able to touch other people touch their hearts touch their souls have that conversation through music or through filmmaking or just having that other link to another person who we don't know i think that's that's pretty incredible that art can impact people on such a soul level and you're complete strangers <laughs> so it's it's incredible that way no kidding and um thank you for sharing that experience it's really amazing that you can kind of have that honest recollection and reflect on why you do the work that you do and I think that's really great um can you kind of give me an example of when you've had a conversation with somebody that has listened to your work and said you know this really touched me in a way and can you recall like a certain time when you've had a conversation like that with someone a lot of my work has often when I pen music it is it's more about um essentially healing women but also empowering women i think that that's really important to me and i i had a song that i initially wrote that was the first song i actually ever wrote when i was i think 19 and it was about my mother leaving an abusive relationship so before i would go on stage and i would sing the song i always would introduce it and speak look at the women in the room and speak to them and and made sure that there was that understanding of you're allowed to leave and and you're allowed to to be treated well and to be loved and it's really just understanding how difficult it is to leave those toxic relationships and it, it takes tremendous amount of courage and i think often sometimes we can we forget we're like oh well it's so easy they should just leave but it's it takes so much courage from that person. It's, it's kind of, it's something that's, we all know people who have been impacted by domestic violence or, or just so, the spectrum of so many different kinds of violence that we often don't discuss it. So I think it was, it was important for me to, to reach out to those women and remind them that, you know, no matter where you are in your, in your life, that you're worthy of being in a loving and healthy relationship. I would, I would often say too, that the, what really helped my mom leave and helped her move on was that I was conditioned at a point where I told her, well, if you didn't behave that way, then you wouldn't get hit. And it opened up her perspective to say, oh, this isn't okay this child should not think that this is normal. So that that really shifted her lens and helped her helped her move forward. In 2013, Miss Ray, aka Cheyenne, and the Midnight Ramblers released the album Big Boned Woman. This features songs like Last Time and Shiver and Shake. Last Time, which is the song you're hearing right now, paints a picture of an abusive relationship. This was the first song that she ever wrote. So I asked Cheyenne, what was it like to write and produce the album? Big Boned Woman. I started singing when I was 16 and then 
Before I decided to actually go on stage for two years, I took business courses on the side and I learned everything that I could, whether it was from other musicians or specific artistic business courses, just so I knew more about the industry. I like having, it's, it's sort of like any writer, we, we love researching before we delve into a story. It's the same with, I, I view music as that same perspective that if I'm going to be managing a band and I'm going to be managing my own career, I need to understand how does this industry work. So that really did help me before I dove into it. And of course, there's all these voices going around and telling you what you need to do and where you need to go. And this is how it's always done. And this is the way you need to do it. So I did take some of those voices into consideration and I kept having people tell me, oh, you need to get a producer. You have to have a producer. Who's your producer? And I, I didn't really understand entirely. I'm like, well, what does that person do? because I can hear music in my head. I know exactly the structure of the song and of the album. I know exactly how I want to record it. Uh, but I, I approached a few musicians who I really loved their work and asked them if they'd consider producing. But they weren't producers. They, they weren't comfortable with that. They didn't see themselves as that. So when I, I reached the point that I didn't understand why people would hire producers who were not musicians themselves, or they didn't have music I was interested in. I, I didn't see how that conversation and connection would work together. So I just decided to be the, the sole producer. And for me, it was, it made sense to my mind because I had film training, to be quite honest. Producing an album is a fraction compared to producing a film for me, from my experience. Being a writer, director, producer, it, it just, I understood so many layers of film that I just used that knowledge and translated it into producing an album. And how do I break down each song as if it were a scene of a film? How am I directing each artist so that they're composing that the way I, I like that to, to flow seamlessly? No, for sure. And so if I'm kind of getting it, like grasping it right, so you, your skills that you developed from filmmaking have translated pretty pretty well into producing and, and writing for music um oh 100 yeah 100 and so like i i really like how you say music is just like always around and you've always been inspired by music was there anybody that any single person or event that kind of continues to inspire you to make music and and to make your write your own lyrics um and to be a storyteller at the end of the day when I think back to a lot of the women who have influenced me, their sound has more influenced me than anything. Like all the, those old classic Sharon Jones and Dap Kings, uh, they were incredible. And I always loved Billie Holiday and Nina Simone and Etta James and all of those. Well, Nina Simone did write some of her music. She did actually, she did write her music. But a lot of, a lot of the famous big names in blues, the women, especially back in the 30s and 40s, they did not write any of their music, nor did they obtain the rights to their music. So they were maybe paid a set fee to come in and record, but they wouldn't get money from those recordings or those copies. So I, I think, I feel like I learned from them that it's important to write your own music and to own your music. I think that's owning your craft is in so many ways. It's, it's something that people can't take away from you. It's something you've created and you can share with others, but it's 
it's so important to own your the rights to your own music. Spirituality came up a lot in our conversation. Cheyenne mentioned it as she was describing her writing process while developing lyrics, and also how she feels when she's on stage. So how is Cheyenne spiritually connected to her performances? Well, for, I guess for me, it's always been a connection. When I, when I perform, when I sing live, it is a spiritual experience for me. For a long time, I would black out on stage. And that does happen sometimes. Um, and it's, it's not, I don't, I'm always sober. I never drink or do anything before I perform. But for a long time, I would go on stage and I would kind of black out and leave my body and then come back. And then the show would be over. <laughs> and, and people would tell me about things. I'm like, oh, that's great. I don't remember. Um, so I know it's not like I am, I am present. I've worked really hard on, on consistently being more present. Um, and it's not that I'm channeling, it's, it's, it's just kind of, it is for me, it's that heightened spiritual experience where I can be present in my body, but also leave my body. It, it's a strange, I don't really know how to explain it. I don't talk to people about this that often. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so it's, yeah, writing has always been a myriad of things for me. It can be very healing. It can be just creative and experimental and I mean I think you'll know a lot of writers or as yourself as a writer right you probably have all these notes sticky notes or little notebooks that you write all this in you think you're going to look at it and go back to it never do but I think it's just it's going through that process of expressing those ideas and having them land on a page or somewhere so that you can for me, it's like, okay, I can move on with that. If that idea sticks with me, then there's, it's important. But if not, then okay, I've left it here on the page. Maybe I'll come back to it. As our conversation was coming to a close, Cheyenne shared her advice for new and emerging artists. Well, some of the best advice that a friend actually gave to me, an older friend, um, when I was starting out, she told me was, you can choose fear or you can choose curiosity you cannot be both at the same time so i always took that to heart thinking that okay well i can decide to go on stage and be fearful or i can be curious as to what's going to happen so i've i've often led with that during writing during photography during making radical life decisions is just to be curious uh, because often i think the biggest roadblocks for everyone is fear is, is being fearful of what could happen or the fear of uncertainty or the, that fear of failure. Um, and I think it's to not let that be an obstacle for you, to not let that hinder you. You can, you can use it as fuel. You can tran transform fear, but don't let it prevent you from going after what you want. And to end it off with the kicker question, what does being a storyteller mean to you? Um, I think the most, one of the most important aspects for me being a multifaceted artist is just to embrace the growth aspect of it. That we're always evolving as artists. And I mean, when you stop evolving, then you're done. <laughs> so it's, 
it's just yeah embrace the growth aspect and embrace the unknown and keep challenging yourself and make sure that you give yourself that that self-care and love and and gentleness as though you you know it's like you're nurturing your inner child kind of practice that that's equally important but i think it's yeah finding that motivation for me my spirituality is heavily intertwined in my creativity and it's I mean, I wouldn't have it any other way. I think it's 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 reminding yourself, going back to what is driving me and why am I doing this, and what is the message that I want to share. How do I want to impact others? I think it's important to ask yourself those questions when you're when you're creating and you're exploring. This episode was written and produced by me, Emily Palmer, communications intern at the National Screen Institute. A very special thank you goes out to NSI's Joey Lowen, Liz Hover, Chris Vajner, Ursula Lawson, Kaya Wheeler, and Jessica Gibson. Thank you to the National Screen Institute's corporate supporters, Manitoba Sport, Culture, and Heritage, the City of Winnipeg, to the Winnipeg Arts Council, TELUS, Telefilm Canada, CBC, APTN, Bell Media, Directors Guild of Canada, Manitoba Film and Music, RBC Emerging Artist Project, Documentary Channel, CBC GEM, Centre for Aboriginal Human Resource Development, Indigenous Screen Office, Canada Media Fund, The Winnipeg Foundation, Super Channel, Blue Ant Media, National Film Board of Canada, Stantec, William F. White International, and Company 3. And a very special thank you to all of our other supporters. And a big thank you to you for listening to this episode of The Hats We Wear.